0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This program was brought to you by Eat on North. Eat on North is a casual restaurant where honest, uncomplicated food is served without pretension. Find Eat on North at hotelonnorth.com. Hi, this is Joe Campanelli, the host of In the Drink. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
1: Welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, a food writer and a director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from our studio at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every daily and supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I will try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. And my guest today is Steven Globus, who is a big supporter of Japanese culture and has an amazing Japanese cultural space called Globus Washitsu in Flatiron. We'll talk about Stephen's got, how Stephen got into Japanese culture, why he created Globus Washitsu, and his various activities at Globus Washitsu, and more. Hello, Stephen. Welcome to Japanese.
2: Thank you for inviting me.
1: Okay, so, so you are extremely familiar with Japanese culture, and you today you wear Japanese traditional clothes called samue, and you look amazing. So, um, and then you speak uh, very fluent Japanese as well. So, as well. So, what is your background?
2: Well, first of all, I would like to say I just learning about Japanese culture. I've been going to Japan for about 20 years, and it's very deep. And the more I know about it, I find out the less I do. So um, I started going to Japan 20 years ago when I sold one of my companies, a flat screen TV company, uh, to Panasonic. Mm. And I went on their board of directors, which required... uh, Quarterly meetings, mm-hmm. so I was going to Japan every three months.
1: Right. So you're from New York. You I'm a,
2: yes. I'm a native born uh, Manhattanite.
1: Mm, very rare.
2: Yeah, very Please. rare. In <laughs> fact, I was born in the same hospital my mother was, which is even rarer.
1: Oh wow, <laughs> amazing! And then yeah, so you know, as a kind of a supportive inventor of uh, plasma TV, which is uh, dominant in this market. Yes,
2: uh, I was an encourager. Yes, a supporter. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, so, did you? Any you lived in Japan at some point, or just specifically? Um, I've
2: been I've been going back and forth, uh, living in Japan for periods of about two to three weeks at a time, but mm. I never lived there regularly for mm. months at a time. Oh, wow. But typically I would be there three or four times uh, early in my career with Japan, and now it's down to about two to three visits a year.
1: Mm. That's still a lot. Yeah, still a lot. Right. Yeah, that's yes, because you are really, like... Understanding Japanese culture so deeply, I thought you would.
2: Well, again, I understand it enough that I want to know more about it.
1: Mm, That's master's work. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, what was so special about Japanese culture for you then?
2: Well, I I went to Japan um, after sort of my middle life, and as a New Yorker, we only learn about Western culture. Our view is all culture comes from the West. It starts in Egypt and goes to uh, the Greeks and the Romans, and uh, medieval times, the Renaissance, Italy, France, etc. And we really don't get a background on Asian culture. Mm -hmm. So when I went to Japan for the first time, I was completely overwhelmed by the difference of Japanese culture, or, or Asian culture, and then Western. And particularly in Japanese culture, I found it to be very deep and sort of mystical. I know that sounds uh, very trite, mm-hmm. uh, and I started learning more about their ways. And there's a term that uh, we'll use during this interview. It's called wabi sabi, mm-hmm. and wabi sabi is one of these words that cannot be defined. It's just uh, it's the essence of being Japanese.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so the more I learned about the wabi-sabi culture, the relaxed, uh, uneven culture of nature, Mm -hmm. the more I wanted to learn. So it was a little personal renaissance, and it was the difference of Western vis-a-vis Asian culture that really was quite seductive for me
1: mm, okay so different way to look at the whole world in yeah a it's
2: a different way it's a different eye it's a different temperament it's a different way to breathe
1: mm. a
2: different way to eat i know that's one of your concerns mm-hmm. and uh i don't know if the grass is greener on the other side but it's certainly different mm. and i think life should be complete with all the various experiences that the world has to offer.
3: Mm,
1: okay, that's interesting because I, I whenever I go to I go to Tokyo, where I actually grew up, there's a, the same amount of energy between New York and Tokyo. But energy in Japan kind of goes to the ground and uh, you know absorbed in the ground. But here in New York, it explodes to the air.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good point. But um, <clears throat> I think I think Japan has been. I don't know if you, you know this, but it's been, or s- s- senses, but it has been westernized a great deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know whether there is a lot of energy in Tokyo, but I think to really understand the, and I always recommend this to the first-time visitors to Japan, is you go to Kyoto first mm-hmm. and to see what the, uh, the heart of Japan is mm. it's very different than Tokyo right. and once you're in, once, in your, uh, once you visit and I recommend this to all your listeners first time visitors once you visit Kyoto you can go to Tokyo and you can see all the um, all the roots of Japanese culture there mm. but it is it is different and particularly the restaurants the galleries the, the way of moving but you're right about that
1: Mm. And I agree with you because uh, you know the Nara and the Kyoto. That's where the whole culture started with emperors, and then all those samurai started to spread up to Tokyo area.
2: Yeah, and mm. I still think that the best meal you can have is uh, kaiseki, mm. and in autumn. Why autumn? Because it's the harvest season mm. in Kyoto. So anytime I can do that, get a full kaseki high meal in Kyoto during the autumn, is mm. I, I'm there.
1: Right, it's beautiful turning leaves.
2: <laughs> you you uh, you often do that?
1: Uh, well, I think two years ago that was my first real vacation after my high school trip. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was. I really I yeah. couldn't. Uh, I didn't want to leave. And then compared to my experience in Tokyo, it's kind of the opposite, like we described. Yeah. You yeah. know, like. Uh, you feel, oh, this is the center of the well, Japanese when culture.
2: I go to Japan, I'm mainly in uh, Tokyo. It's mm. the center of my activities.
1: Right, so business. Yeah. Right. But you can choose. And the by beer train, it's only <laughs> oh, less than it, three hours.
2: Yeah, no, I was I was in Japan in uh, last month, and mm-hmm. I went to Kyoto for a kimono fashion show. Mm. And I was, regrettably, I was in kimono uh, Kyoto for 14 hours. Oh wow. Yeah, but I did have a fantastic uh, nabe Mm -hmm. meal in Gion. Okay. At a a private restaurant.
1: Oh wow, so nabe is a pot dish. Yeah, pot dish. Private pot dish. (laughs) Oh wow. (laughs) I'll
2: show you pictures later. Okay.
1: Yeah, maybe you can share on the website. Oh, absolutely. Okay, So, so you've been active in promoting understanding Japanese culture through arts in New York City. And could you give us some uh, examples of uh, your activities in New York other than Global Swashitsu, which is going to talk in a minute.
2: Yeah. Um, one of well, activity that just ended actually yes, uh, two days ago was I sponsor uh, a Japanese film series at Japan Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do this annually. We pick a theme and explore that theme over a period of time. Mm-hmm. So this year's theme was Japanese musical.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: even the Japanese said, "What's a Japanese musical?" <laughs> ah,
1: that's my reaction right now. <laughs> <laughs> my reaction.
2: Anyway, we had ten Japanese musicals mm. from the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, 90s, <gasps> uh, and some of them were uh, not some of them they were uniquely uh, Japanese. So mm. some of them had references to kabuki and no. Wow. Some of them had manga references, but they were they were it was quite a Quantum film series. Anyway, the Globus Film Series is an annual event. I Mm -hmm. sponsor uh, tea ceremonies and other Mm -hmm. activities.
1: Right. So, I'll quickly go back to the film series. You started in. 2007.
2: That's correct. Yeah.
1: So that's a long time already. Yeah. Right. And uh, I was looking at last year's theme. That was um, the stories from the war feature. That featured a 70th anniversary of the end of World War II. So, which is completely different theme from this right, year. Right. Yeah. So, so you
2: know, we've had we had Yakuza, which are gangster movies. Right. We had <laughs> we had love stories, and so uh, the theme. Uh, sometimes we uh, we're looking at. A particular director, if you would, mm-hmm. uh, who may have a, a long uh, long history of Japan. But it gives us an opportunity to uh, look at Japanese film here in New York uh, that is based on thematic, thematic interest. Mm-hmm. So uh, actually, I don't know what we're going to be doing next year, but... -hmm. Um, Hopefully it'll be a delight like this year.
1: Mm, Okay, so maybe have you you seen
2: our last film was called Memoirs of uh, Memories. I'm sorry, Memories of Moscow. I don't know if you saw that film.
1: No, I don't think I. I recommend it. Oh, really?
2: Memories of Memories of Moscow.
1: Okay, Memories of
2: Moscow.
1: Yeah. Okay, maybe available in Netflix or. Uh, Probably. Okay. I'll look. Or. (laughs) 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 It's
2: it's a big movie. Yeah.
1: Great. Okay. Yeah. By the way, uh, for the listeners who are not familiar with Japan Society, it's a non-profit organization and committed to promote mutual understanding between Japan and U.S. So, so next year next another year. film festival. This film yes, festival.
2: please, please be my guest. So um, I started, um, I started sponsoring at Japan Society, but when I uh, wanted to do something for, uh, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got into tea ceremony, mm. and that's and so. I built this tea house right in the middle of Manhattan at mm-hmm. Union Square.
1: Right. So and now it's yeah. let's talk about global wasabi. Okay, That's, thank that's you. what it is, right? Yeah. Okay. So you opened it uh, in 2013. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. In Flatiron on Broadway, Broadway and
2: twenty Broadway and Nineteenth Street. Nineteenth yeah. Street.
1: It's amazing.
2: <laughs> well, it's it's probably. One of the best examples of a Japanese space and Washitsu means Japanese space mm-hmm. uh, in New York, if not in the United states and actually when I first uh, when I first opened it, I thought it was going to have a very modest purpose of just uh, mm-hmm. being a, uh, being a place for a tea ceremony mm-hmm. and once once the Japanese community Discovered there was a tatami and a soji space. Mm
1: -hmm. Soji is a paper screen. Paper screen,
2: sliding paper screen, and Mm -hmm. tatami is the the mat, the woven mats. Mm -hmm. Um, Japanese people in New York and also in Japan were uh, approached me one after another and said, Oh, Steve, can can you do a kimono show? Can we have a ceramic (laughs) show? Um, Can we have a koto? Koto is a Japanese heart. And we have a Koto re- performance. Mm. And I have a big heart. I said, yes, of course. So, um, but it all started with the Japanese tea ceremony.
1: Mm. Right. So within the global washi you have a Washitsu, That's a room with a tatami and uh, the, the shoji screen. And that's called the keisui Yeah,
2: keisui is the technical name for the tea house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the tea house is a uh, eight uh, eight tatami room uh, area that has a uh, space where the tea kettle can go and mm. appropriate tea, uh, tea houses are actually have quite a few uh, requirements one is a tokonoma a Tokonoma is a uh, a sacred alcove, and typically there's a scroll that hangs mm-hmm. down. Beautiful painting. Beautiful, yes. And so, tokenoma is one. And two is um, uh, there should be two entrances. Mm-hmm. One entrance that's uh, available for the tea master, mm-hmm. and he or she will come in into the tea room from there. Right, and and
1: or the host of the yeah. ceremony, host And another
2: entrance for the guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and also uh, what they call Mizuya, which is a area where to clean your clean your uh, mm-hmm. Mizu means water, but Mizuya is an area for uh, cleaning your tea uh, tea utensils. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that's just that's just part of the Globus Washitsu K- mm. KSA as we call it.
1: Mm-hmm. What's the meaning of it, KSA?
2: You know, I wanted I wanted to call. I wanted the Japanese translation to be oasis, mm-hmm. and so I asked my tea master. I asked the person, the architect of the uh, Japanese room, mm-hmm. uh, Hanafusa Miyasoshi, mm-hmm. uh, is can we name this tea room oasis? And they said, both of them came back. and said, "There's no word in Japanese for oasis." Mm-hmm. So they came up with uh, they came up with these. Terms, and maybe you can translate them better than I can, right. uh, that sort of means a way. So It's a quiet, a quiet uh, area for for contemplation
1: mm-hmm. of tea. Right, so K means uh, rest or relax, and then Sui means uh, old term uh, green. Yeah, green. So yeah. It, that would totally makes sense. Yeah,
2: so it makes mm-hmm. se- Oh, I'm glad it makes sense to you, because right. it's still very mystical to me.
1: So. Right, and the, this, you know, the, the tea for tea ceremony, that small. House has special name usually. So yes,
2: they all and uh, they all uh, end with the dash and an. An. So yes, Ksui An. Mm
1: -hmm. An is a little place, special little place. So uh, so the and you have also Garo, that's exhibition space upstairs.
2: Yeah, I have uh, actually um, my spaces have three levels. I'm not sure that you saw the First level, mm-hmm. so first level is on the seventh floor, okay. and I actually started tea ceremonies on the seventh floor, but it wasn't didn't have all these requirements that I mentioned, mm. and the seventh floor now is a ryokan.
1: Oh, that's a place you can stay. Like that's in- correct.
2: So I have traveling artists stay there from japan Mm. and so next time you come i like to show that to you so typically we have a traveling artist they stay on the seventh floor yokan. it's also tatami rooms Mm -hmm. uh, with a small kitchenette and then on the eighth floor uh floor above is the tea house and the mazuya, the Mm. kitchen and also an ante room so and then upstairs is the gallery mm,
1: that, okay so
2: but often the gallery uh, the gallery spaces like you saw a kimono show last time the gallery or the exhibition will include both the uh, the tea house mm. when it's not being used and the gallery upstairs
1: right yeah. so who are the lucky artists who stayed there
2: uh, we've we've had we've had uh, musicians uh, we've had musicians we've had Painters, you know, one of one of the people that people know a lot is Sebastian Basuda who's a so-called kawaii artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had um, we had Akiko, uh, uh, sorry, Akihito Obama, who's a Shakuhashi player. Shakuhashi mm-hmm. being a flute, but we've had I think we have had over fifty artists. Uh-huh. staying there, yeah. Mm, okay. So sometimes it's single people, and sometimes we've had up to four or five people all living there.
1: Mm, right. So it's kind of like a totally charity non-profit space. You do just offer yes, yes, it's the space yeah. just to pro- promote and the whole... They're,
2: they're my personal guests.
1: Mm, <coughs> wow, amazing. <laughs> well, thank you for making creating that space. Well,
2: it's my pleasure, and uh, just so your listeners understand, uh, uh, Riocon. is the guests sleep on futon. Mm-hmm. And so the futon get laid out every morning, uh, they get, and they get rolled up uh, uh, in the nighttime. After uh, they get laid out, I'm sorry, in the evening, and then in the morning they get rolled up and put away. Mm-hmm. So uh, Japanese people have a good tradition of staying in small areas together
3: mm.
2: um, because they all visited these kind of spaces. As uh, Did you do that as a family, you stay in... Uh, Yokan with your family traveling. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so it's it can be tight with three or four people, but it's amazingly uh, organized and tidy and mm-hmm. uh, polite. Right. Yeah. Yes, but they are they do stay with me as my guest.
1: Mm. Well, it's uh, it's interesting you said that because uh, you know it's kind of like a sofa bed in in New York City, but in Japanese. Case a futon is put in the in the cabinet or closet that's correct, so the day starts fresh, and then the new space is created by you, and at the night the space to rest is created by you again so that's
2: correct uh, you know uh Japanese spaces are not so are being less popular in Japan themselves, but they're the ultimate of flexibility mm. because uh, they a uh, Japanese space can have uh, the to Tommy space can, you can sleep, you can entertain, you can eat. So, mm-hmm. um, it's 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 a delightful and very warm space.
1: Right, I agree. And but the only problem is if you get used to chairs, you know, well, sitting is a little harder.
2: <laughs> well, yes and no. You know, I've had I've had uh, receptions at uh, Washitsu for 40 or 50 people, mm. and we're all sitting down on the tatami mat without chairs. And you can imagine having 40 or 50 people with, uh, with 40 or 50 chairs and couches. It's impossible
3: mm.
2: because the chairs and couches are literally glued to the ground.
3: Right.
2: And so if I have a reception for 30, 40 people— Ah, uh, they all make little circles, and the circles will expand or contract. Somebody will go from one area to another area, and uh, it's quite a marvelous uh, mm. dynamic to see people sitting on the floor and on tatami and feeling relaxed. Mm. And also, they can move anywhere they want. They they're not being not restricted by the interior designs of a couch or a chair. Mm.
1: So it's more organic and communal space. <laughs> yes,
2: and one day I'm going to take a time-lapse of one of these great receptions of three circles coming into two circles and then in expanding into four circles and mm. then maybe uh, a set of lovers will go off on the on the corner and they'll be talking or kissing each other. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's quite a marvelous Flow and ebb and flow of people at uh, at one of these rooms. Mm,
1: that's all right. I've never thought of that. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So, um, so what kind of events have you organized at the global global? Yeah, events at the events.
2: global. Well, the events are obviously around Japanese cultures. Uh, they've been tea events. They've been uh, tea ceremony events. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been exhibitions. And I've been getting, uh, as you know, because we met during a kimono event, mm-hmm. I've been very involved in. Right. Uh, so the kimono that
1: was, arts. Right, that was called uh, Kyoto Cool Kyoto exhibition cool, yes. in March, yeah. and uh, so I was very impressed because the the kimono, you know, they were designed by a young couple, but they grew up in Kyoto, and then I think the husband was from very old dying. That's correct.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and
1: then because he was so tired of that old tradition and all those workers not well respected, so he came up with the idea of starting a company respecting tradition but innovated with new fabrics and design and. It's kimono made into the modern clothes.
2: So. That's correct. They're they're quite um, uh, they're quite young and they're not your grandmother's kimono, no. as, uh, <laughs> which are very beautiful as well. But uh, they're they're attracting a whole new young audience in mm-hmm. Japan and hopefully around the world.
1: Right. it's like a geometric prints and yeah. Anything. Uh,
2: your listeners can go to. Uh, do a web search called Marden Antenna, mm-hmm. and those are the people who uh, who are designing it. But they'll they'll be delighted to see their design.
1: Mm. And I think uh, your website, uh, the your Facebook page, shows a lot of pictures from the That's exhibition.
2: Correct. And we also were uh, as we we're also very happy to have uh, Ralph Pucci's art mannequins uh, mm-hmm. on that. Well, uh, your listeners may be interested They're... Typical kimono shows or exhibits are often on kimono frames, which the kimonos are outstretched and um, sort of flat objects, Mm. flat fabric. Uh, We decided in that particular show, Akiko San, to have the kimonos on mannequin. Mm-hmm. and Ralph Pucci Mannequins. So they really show uh, our visitors this, uh, th- how a kimono, of course the visitors are mainly Westerners, how a kimono looks and how it fits. Mm-hmm. And it was spectacular. Right. It, it was spectacular. Yeah,
1: it's more yeah. like an active mode of yeah, kimono actual, rather yeah. than static. I yeah. was impressed how you saw it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, and uh, well, because it's Japanese, I wanted to hear about, you know, what kind of tea ceremony? You invite a tea master and have a tea ceremony?
2: Well, mm-hmm. we have, right now, we have two tea schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is Sanke and then another one is Tea Whisk, huh. uh, Suhe boy who has been with me for the last four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Your, readers may, uh, your listeners may know what matcha is, which is becoming M-A-T-C-H-A. Matcha is green powdered Japanese tea, mm-hmm. which is often whisked, and it's pure tea, and it's, among being very delicious, it has a lot of health benefits. Mm-hmm. So our, we have a tea school, two tea schools, and before you drink a matcha, oh you uh you have something called wagashi, which is a sweet and it prepares your tongue for
1: right it. and also beautifully shaped beautifully seasonal shaped, sweets. Yeah, it could be
2: seasonal. so along with the tea ceremony uh we we've had various themes uh we've had uh, uh autumn themes uh, so the tea ceremony is not just a ceremony it's just uh there often could be themes and various people so it's tea ceremonies are to bring people together and to have a a very good social chat around the tea Mm. so but it's been a very nice experience for us and of course the tea masters wear kimono and so it's often the center of japanese culture in which things get disseminated out Mm. so from from the tea ceremony, we've had wagashi workshops.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: we've had um, ceramic exhibits uh, of the chawan, which is uh, tea bowls, mm-hmm.
1: uh, which is had, a big part of the yeah, ceremony. A big part of it. Yeah.
2: So um, it's it's a lot of fun to see how one 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 phase of Japanese culture. Uh, affects the other, mm. and there there is a quite a lot of uh, interrelationship between the kimono and the tea ceremony and the and the Japanese food.
3: Mm.
2: Uh, as you know, uh, a, a Japanese tea ceremony could be hours, because mm. it's often followed uh, followed either before or after with a high kaiseki meal. Mm. So, 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 and that that could be a lot of fun uh, for the listeners. It's not four hours or five hours of sitting on your knees, it, uh, it's quite an active, of right. uh, thought-provoking
1: time. Mm, right, not only numbing legs. No, no not <laughs> not <laughs> numbing. Right. And
2: by the way, I cannot sit on uh, on my knees for any mm,
1: extended time. Right, um, oh, I, you kind of get used to it. Because I, I did, I uh, had a license, it's rusty, but I had a kimono, uh, the yeti ceremony license. Oh yeah,
2: what's the school?
1: Uh, it's Rasenke.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's very rusty. <laughs>
1: yep. No more questions. <laughs>
2: no more questions, okay.
1: <laughs> right. uh, but it's interesting. So tea ceremony looks like very, you know, ritual, like, you know, form oriented. But I think essence is a hostility, just like your place.
2: Yeah, well, um, the tea ceremonies that we try to teach, because we have uh, a lot of so-called non-Japanese people, mm-hmm. uh, we try to teach the main essence of tea which is the joy of tea Mm. and uh we don't we don't really concentrate or fixate on the tradition although the tradition is very important Mm. because unless someone enjoys the experience they never come back
3: Mm.
2: so uh and if you become too militaristic uh they'll never come back so you know, one of our puzzles or considerations is how to, how to make the Japanese tea ceremony uh, joyful enough and understandable enough to Americans mm. that they, will, they would want to study it. Right. And so I think, I think that's important.
1: Right. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll take a quick break here. And uh, when you come back, we'll talk about uh, Stephen's philosophy for running Globus Washitsu. So please stay with us.
0: I'm and I'm the executive chef at Eat on North in the Berkshires of Western Massachusetts. Eat on North in the Berkshires of Western Massachusetts is a casual restaurant where good, honest, uncomplicated food is served to our guests. Our restaurant is part of the hotel called Hotel On North, the newly opened boutique hotel in downtown Pittsfield. We source local ingredients from our neighboring farms and offer an all-day dining menu of flavorful American cuisine for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And on weekends, we serve brunch. Our oyster bar serves up delicious shellfish and oyster samplers until 11 p.m. Check out our menu at eatonnorth.com and follow us on Instagram.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats, broadcasting live from the studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, and my guest today is Stephen Globus, who is a big support of Japanese culture and has an amazing Japanese cultural space called Globasu Washitsu in Flatiron. So, um, on Global Washitsu homepage, I found the word Ichigo Ichie, which is written in Japanese. And what does it mean, and is it the uh, underlying philosophy of Global Washitsu?
2: Um, ichigo Ichie, um, it's, uh, Ichi means first. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's an expression, a Japanese expression, maybe even a wabi-sabi. And I know you're going to ask, we'll talk maybe more about that. But it's a term that means for this one time only, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. This has happened. So it's just a unique serendipity of events of having like you and me here at Roberta's talking. So mm-hmm. this is our itchy go moment. Mm-hmm. It will never happen again we may meet some we may even meet back here for another time but this is our one moment so once in our lifetime uh and our engineer David is here so this is our one time together mm-hmm. and it's a very memorable time and uh we should we should keep each of these Ichigo Ichie mm. moments precious.
1: Right. We tend to <coughs> overlook it. It's like, uh, yeah. yeah. So maybe next time, and then it's not the truth.
2: Yeah. So, it, um, <coughs> you know, we, <coughs> pardon me, we had in the Globus series, I used that word, Ichigo Ichie film series, because we've taken Japanese films and we uh, that don't have subtitles. Mm. And we translate them and actually burn the subtitles onto the film with a video projector mm. and that'll never happen again mm. so in the Globus film series we'll see you'll see a movie with uh, American subtitles English subtitles and they'll never happen again Ichigo Ichie mm. so once in your lifetime
1: I, I should be reminded every day and <laughs> when you
2: have a fantastic meal mm. in Tokyo or Kyoto or New York or whatever, mm. uh, Ichigo ichie because it's not only the meal, it's the chef, the, the food, that, and it's the atmosphere and the time of day. So.
1: Mm, everything. Yeah. Right. Everything's do you, contingent, you, contingent.
2: Do you use that word sometimes, that phrase?
1: Uh, I should, but tend <laughs> to forget, so thank okay, you for reminding I'll, me. Oh will remind you. <laughs> Right. Um, so, did you have any memorable encounter of Ichigo Ichi at the Global Washington? Oh,
2: uh, just so many. So yeah. many, yeah. Um, actually, every, every tea ceremony, uh, every art exhibit, every time I meet an artist, uh, I really feel lucky that these people... Uh, have passed through and not only the, these people but the people with me, my my guests uh, strangers that happened to come to my space mm-hmm. uh, the exhibit you saw, Kyoto Cool, mm-hmm. was one, a once in a lifetime uh, a moment for me
3: mm-hmm. and th-
2: these are people that I met in Kyoto and it took one year to just organize that exhibit mm-hmm. so um, and I, you know, I saw them again uh, last month, but mm-hmm. it's a different moment.
1: Okay, yeah. right. But I, I spoke to the couple, and then they were very, very impressed with the Ichigo Ichi-e, with the New Yorkers. And then they were saying, well, I was on standing on the street and tried to find a place, and the New Yorkers very kind. They come. That's Ichigo oh, n-
2: Nice to hear. By the way, we... Uh, we went to the Andy Warhol Museum after the exhibit was closed in, in Pittsburgh, mm. and that was uh, that was a very good moment for them as well. Mm. Ichigo ichie right.
1: So let's remember. Yeah. Listeners, ichigo ichie, right? This is precious moment. Never happens again.
2: Precious moment, yes. Right.
1: Okay. And then, so we mentioned uh, the word wabi sabi a couple times. So let's talk about it. Um, so on your homepage, in the heart of Manhattan, you, we have created a unique space that reminds one of the wabi-sabi spirits often found in Kyoto's remarkable structures. So what is wabi-sabi and uh, what is so special?
2: Okay, we we mentioned this before, but wabi-sabi is one of these words that when you try to define it, you lose the meaning. Mm. But I always say it's the essence of the heart of being Japanese. Mm. So it's not being Japanese is not the heart of being the heart of Japanese, but it's the essence of it. So it's it's something removed from something removed, and it's I think if you even ask Japanese people what it is, they're going to find it very difficult to find. But there are there are aspects of wabi sabi being mm-hmm. uneven. Uh, there's no we don't they don't prefer straight.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: surfaces or or hard surfaces Uh, nature is one of the ruling forces of of Mm -hmm. wabi-sabi certainly the tea ceremony is part of the wabi-sabi culture Mm -hmm. but I think the more you try to define it uh, and not feel it Mm -hmm. uh, you're gonna lose it so uh, for all your listeners Go visit Japan, go visit Kyoto, Mm. have a tea ceremony, go to uh, Mm. Ryoanji Shrine and look at the Zen uh, Sand Garden Mm. and sit there and the wabi-sabi nature will come seeping through.
1: Nice. Right, so... uh,
2: Can you you define Wabi Sabi?
1: Well, I uh, actually tried it to get ready for the show. And then, so to me, Sabi, it's uh, the beauty that comes out over time. I mean, usually over time, it gets really ugly or rusty. You know, like actual rust, it's Sabi in Japanese. So people look at it and then actually appreciate, you know, something. It's the essence of... This object, and it comes out over time, and then wabi is the positive mindset to appreciate that sabi beauty.
2: But th- that combination has taken its own meaning, right? Mm, wabi-sabi, right. It's unique. You, you agree? It's uniquely Japanese. Mm. So, do you find wabi-sabi in your food as a food editor?
1: Right. I think so. So, like, less is more approach. Right. Is not to hide anything, but just try to show. Anything in ingredients by itself and sometimes, you know, we don't manipulate the shape of Vegetables is try to make it as it is that kind of you know attitude. I think
2: thank you sensei
1: <laughs> 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 Well, just eat it though <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so um, Right, so the Wabi Sabi is really, you know in tea ceremony Spirit correct. correct yes, right? so um, do you practice tea ceremony by yourself?
2: Well, you know the word "practice" is a good word. So, um, I I'm lucky. Well, first of all, I'm left-handed, mm-hmm. and the tea ceremony a tea master always performs in the right uh,
1: hand. That's tough.
2: That's tough, right? And as you know, kaiseki meal, which is a high Japanese uh, meal, is should be eaten with uh, with your right hand. Mm. And it also requires being on your knees. So, the quick answer is: I am a very good host. Mm-hmm. I like to consider myself the shogun, and I have, <laughs> <laughs> and I have two very lovely tea masters who who spent uh, 15, 20 years learning the skills, mm-hmm. and they. They kind of help me along, so uh, I don't necessarily do the tea whisking and provide the tea and uh, make make the beautiful tea sweets wagashi.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But as a supporter and an encourager, I like to say that I'm essential for that process.
1: Mm, so chilly there. Yeah. But I like the shogun <laughs> But I'm <or> not, I'm <laughs> not
2: <laughs> but the, these two, uh, these two ladies are spectacular.
1: Mm, so are they based in New York? They're
2: based in New York, yes.
1: Mm, okay. So one is Keiko? Ke, Kitazawa Kochi? Keiko, yes. Right. Yeah, she's she coming uh, to my show oh, she's in coming, June. Yeah,
2: she's she's incredibly charming. Uh, she's with the de Sankei School. Mm. And the other one is Suheki Mori
1: mm-hmm. from T-Whisk. Okay. So, wow can wait <laughs> so yeah. uh, are they, um, uh, they they teach classes to the public they teach or?
2: classes yeah um, they uh, Suheki Mori T-Whisk is Wednesdays and Saturdays mm-hmm. and uh, Keiko is on Tuesday
1: nights, okay yeah. so if our listeners want to CT ceremony or learn can they check your website and they get information they
2: can write me and I would direct them to one or one or both of the team okay
1: so that's uh, your website Globus uh, Globus,
2: well the website is nyc which is New York Washitsu mm-hmm.
1: so, so it's N Y C W A S H I T S U dot com.
2: Thank you for the plug. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, you know I I have no uh, monetary basis in here. My my uh, my purpose is to spread Japanese culture. Because mm. uh, you
1: don't charge even. To uh,
2: well, they the do, space, but but they do with I don't. Right, yeah. but you the yeah. space which yeah. is always a neck yeah, for
1: anybody. Correct. So amazing. Thank you for promoting everything. My pleasure, yeah. um, So, um, and you have organized kimono exhibitions at the mm-hmm. Urobas Fashitsu. Correct, and correct, So, you wear kimono beautifully. I, so. I, oh,
2: thank you. I, I do wear kimono from time to time. Uh, I think I have about five or six. I, when I first got my first kimono uh, at a department store in uh, Shinjuku, mm. I thought that would be my one and only. But I've been lucky that people have been giving me kimonos. I've been to uh, kimono uh, flea markets in Harajuku and bought them. Oh, wow. And uh, the men's kimono is quite easy. Um, right, and they're quite actually quite manly. Mm. <laughs> uh, I thought maybe uh, people were going to tease me because they have you know they're open legged like a like a skirt, I guess. And mm-hmm. uh, no, they're quite they're quite manly, and um, unlike a woman's kimono where you have to adjust for for length, they just they're made. Mm-hmm. men's kimono are made to length and all you have to do is tie it so mm. they're quite easy it's almost like wearing a robe quite easy and lovely yeah and I have I have a few kimonos well,
1: I wish there's a woman's version because woman's uh, you have to learn how to put on kimono for a woman yes correct yeah. Right? Yeah. and then it takes it could be if you are good it could take 30 minutes something like that right. yeah so
2: but um, Maybe you heard me say this, but I think every woman is more beautiful in a kimono, mm. particularly Japanese women. Okay, I'll practice Why? <laughs> well, kim- uh, I guess we're going to talk about this. A kimono is a walking art gallery. Mm. And also, um, when a woman's in kimono, I don't know if I'm going to use the word wabi-sabi, but even a man, we're slowed down a little bit. Mm. So we're we're moving a little slower we're moving a little bit more delicately, more gracefully. Mm. You, you never see a man running in a tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that kind of thing. It, it's just you feel there's a sense of elegance and a sense, sense of uh, presence if you're wearing a kimono. Mm. Uh, I think one of the problems of a Western lady wearing kimono is that she wants to walk like a Western woman, which is kind of fast. New Yorkers, especially a fast walk. Mm. Uh, uh, you know there's a big movement in in food called slow food
1: mm-hmm.
2: I'd like to think that this can be a movement called slow fashion
1: mm-hmm. oh, uh, slow
2: fashion you can dress in uh you can dress take your time to get dressed
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, look elegant and when you're dressed move slowly
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, move elegantly make your make each footstep count
1: right. And actually, uh, you know the, the, the exhibition Kyoto cool, I uh, tried one of those kimono luckily, and the way you you have to move naturally for that, yeah. your posture gets better
2: your posture is better and
1: correct. then you know you have to move elegantly because that's how it works
2: correct so correct.
1: you don't have to be slow clothes, but you can
2: that's right you uh, but you, you fit uh, you evolve when you wear a kimono
1: mm. mm. Hi. Right. so maybe you can start... I want to see your picture. <laughs> well, I post it on my Facebook. Oh,
2: oh my gosh, I get that.
1: Yeah, so maybe you can start uh, some kimono, slow kimono movement slow, here. Yeah,
2: slow fashion, slow food. Right. slow yeah, fashion.
1: See. Okay, so that's the word. Well, slow fashion. Um, okay, so speaking of, what's the next event?
2: Uh, well, actually, the next event is... Um, it's in June... And June is a wedding typical wedding month mm-hmm. for Americans, and also very active in Japan.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, we're ha- we're having something called a yuchikake e- exhibition, which are these glorious hand sewn, multicolored, uh, often with gold and silver fabric and gold leaf overcoats that a Japanese bride will wear. Mm. So um, Misaki Sawada from Sendai has. Been collecting these, and we're going to show ten of these wow. gorgeous, gorgeous garments. And uh, when people heard that we we're having this wedding-themed exhibit, uh, one of the major uh, Shinto uh, shrines asked asked me whether we can have a, a traditional Japanese wedding at my place. Oh wow! So we found a couple,
1: mm. a Japanese
2: couple. And we're having um maybe maybe a staff of ten people coming over from Japan, mm. including shrine maidens uh two priests and a three or four person orchestra wow, uh and we're gonna have one of these rare where ichigo ichigo ichi ichigo mm. moments in New York where we're gonna have a Japanese traditional wedding
1: wow, amazing well,
2: yeah, you should come
1: wow, i I'd love yeah, to. Yeah. Wow. Ah, okay. So we'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk. <laughs> um, but it's it's not for open to our listeners, right? Maybe not. Well,
2: the exhibition is, mm-hmm. and the the um, the wedding itself would be a private event. But we, uh, as you know, with the in the Meiji Shrine, in Tokyo, they'll mm-hmm. have the wedding, and then the the wedding party, if you would, would often. Walk down, uh, right. walk down, and everyone would look at them. Mm. So yeah, and this entails uh, this entails uh, the Japanese bride to be wearing a, a what they call shiromuku, mm-hmm. which is a white uh, right. white with these gorgeous uh, hats. Mm-hmm. Um, like
1: whataboshi means like round, yeah, like, a wound yeah. Yeah. like a cotton, and,
2: and one of these great coats, mm. and of course the groom has to be in. Uh, well, I, I'm not going to say like a samurai, or uh, he he also is going to be in a wedding kimono as well, wow. which are quite uh, you know quite traditional. And the, the it's a beautiful couple. Mm. They're both New Yorkers, oh,
1: wow. so mm-hmm. we're able to
2: find a, a New York Japanese couple that wanted to to celebrate with us
1: mm-hmm. okay so at least our listeners can watch and uh, see the pictures yeah afterwards.
2: yeah it, it's June 19th please no crashers okay <laughs> <laughs> but uh, please uh, please come to the exhibition of these wedding coats they're mm-hmm. spectacular so
1: what's the what are the dates for that
2: the, I think the the exhibition is uh, June 16th through the 21st, and the wedding, the private wedding, is on the 19th. And we'll be posting when uh, weather permitting whether there'll be a wedding procession, mm. probably between Union Square and Madison Square. In, oh wow! In New Amazing.
1: York, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah,
2: no, we we uh, we've had many requests of people wanting to see this wedding. So we're gonna have to go out to the people and and show these beautiful garments. Mm. We're looking very much forward to it.
1: Right. We pray for the weather. The <laughs> pray 19, for the weather, yes. Right. Okay, so... Uh. And
2: we're also doing, uh, one one last thing, we're doing a kimono, um, a kimono contest mm-hmm. that's themed is recycle and sustainable. Mm. Now, uh, those are two big words. Uh, sustainable, actually, there's no better garment than a kimono for sustainability Because uh, I don't know whether you have But uh, a lady, a Japanese lady May even have their grandmother's kimono right. That's passed from grandmother to mother Now to daughter And, and they'll save it maybe for their daughter mm. So sustainability of kimono is certainly there mm-hmm. uh, But they're being kimonos are being rounded up And sold for um, Sold almost as Use fabric, right. So can they be recycled? Mm. Can they be recycled? So that's the question of this competition. So we're very mm. excited about
1: this right. I mean kimono fabric is really beautiful woven, so it has to be recycled.
2: yeah it has to right. be recycled. yeah, right. and these are a tremendous uh, tremendous combination of crafts
1: that can mm. go into a kimono. right, so it's you it's your campaign you're running. yeah, okay, great all right so maybe you're gonna come back and talk about everything yes. again
2: <laughs> i also like to show akiko that um, we've done some food mm-hmm. workshops at our place sushi okay. workshops and we can talk about this and maybe you can help us participate in this but i'd like to thank you very much for your time
1: well thank you it went by time.
2: it went by way quicker than i thought <laughs>
1: <laughs> so well the next one hopefully it's gonna be soon all right so thank you for joining us today steve
2: my pleasure okay.
1: <laughs> do ok so um, the listeners if you are interested in Globus Washitsu please go to nycwashitsu.com that's nyc dot com uh, or facebook page Globus Washitsu and on facebook and uh, if you have any questions or comments about the show, please contact us at heritageradionetwork.org. And by the way, we just launched a beautiful new website, so please visit our page. And Japan is live at 3 p.m. on Mondays, always available at heritageradionetwork.org, iTunes, and Stitcher Podcasts. Today's show was made possible by Ion North. And our engineer is David Tataseore. And thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.